Hey, Jordan Harbinger here from The Art of Charm. Welcome to Minnesota Monday, your weekly shot of personal development espresso. Happy to be here with you, kicking off the week with something quick and actionable that you can implement right away that'll make you more magnetic and effective. We're back with Dr. Srini Pillay, author of Tinker, Dabble, Doodle, Try. One of the stories in the book was about dabbling, and it was about Steve Jobs and how he had come to create Mac fonts. Can you tell us the story? And I've got a question about how this works in the brain. The story that I told is, is relates to the fact that dabbling can really be helpful, that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a dilettante. And Steve Jobs, when he decided to drop out of college, decided to take a class in calligraphy. And when he did, he learned all these beautiful fonts, but it had no purpose in his life, no context. He was just kind of randomly interested in it. And so later on, when it came time to choose fonts for Apple, he realized that this class in calligraphy actually was something that he could draw on in order to create these fonts. And he makes the point very succinctly that in life, you often cannot join the dots moving forward. Like you may have no idea why you're doing what you're doing right now, but only when you look back in your life can you realize that there are connections between what you're doing and what you used to do. And I think probably a lot of people are asking, well, that's great, but like, how do I know when this is going to work and how do I know when it's not going to work? The answer is you don't. I mean, you, you never know. But what is important is this. Studies have shown that if you engage even in a hobby for one hour a day, every day, you can protect your brain from dementia. So that's a pretty sort of interesting thing. And and engaging in a hobby has also been shown to prolong life. I mean, that's how dramatic this diversion from your primary course of action is. In the brain, the way that this works is that if your brain goes into focus and unfocused modes, in the unfocused mode, the creative circuits are activated and they make connections. So in Steve Jobs' case, it's like, wait a minute, fonts, Apple, I took a class in calligraphy, that happened. <laughs> and then you make your, your brain makes those connections. But if you're only looking forward and focusing, your brain doesn't behave like what it is, which is a time travel machine. And I think as a result of behaving like a time travel machine, we can make use of dabbling throughout our lives. So how do we know if we're dabbling in something that might eventually be useful, such as fonts on the future computer we're going to invent, or if we're just farting around, right? Because if I'm asking my dad whether this course I'm taking in college has to do with the field of study or the, or the legal field or something like that, I would imagine he has a slightly different opinion than I might have for taking another type of course. And when I was in law school, I took a bunch of languages. And I remember the deans and the administrators saying, oh, that's a really good thing to do. Those are useful. And I remember colleagues or students, fellow students saying, why are you wasting your time with that? The tuition for law school, they're charging you the, the law school tuition to take an undergrad class. What are you thinking? You know, take a tax class. And I didn't do that. How do we know if we're just wasting our time or if this is something that might come in handy later on? Is there any criteria for this? I think fundamentally we don't know for sure, but there are a couple, there's some guiding uh, principles that I'll mention. One is a lot of times you have a strong intuition or a strong love for something. And if you have that strong intuition or love, you can use it as some kind of guideline that your level of interest and investment in this is going to be so great that if you need to recall it in the future, you've got the emotion tagged with the memory to improve the recall. If you're just doing it as a matter of course, oh yeah, I'll take this course and whatever, then you're less likely to be able to recall that later on. The second fact that I'll mention about this is studies have looked at 
you know, whether hobbies actually improve your performance. In fact, there was one study that looked at the number of scientific citations of scientists and found that there was a correlation. Those with more hobbies had more scientific citations. But there was one caveat, which is that it's not just having a hobby or dabbling in something that matters. You have to be able to make a connection between this other field and some other primary field of interest. So in my case, for example, I'm super interested in tennis. I'm not that good at it. I'm fine at it, but I'm really interested in it. And part of the reason I'm so interested in it is that it makes me reflect on when I'm being aggressive, when I need to be defensive, when I'm too tight, when I need to loosen up, when I need to believe in my intuition, you know, when I need to coordinate my mind and body more. And this all relates to my primary vocation. So although I'm not forcing myself to think about that during tennis, I often will reflect on, you know, that time when I was like holding back too much and the ball kept going past me, it was because I wasn't willing to be aggressive. And it'll remind me of another part of my career or another part of what I'm doing. So do think about the connections in this other field. So the two things that I would mention as guidelines here are one, register the intuition and the love and the passion that you feel. And if you don't have it, be a little bit suspicious. And number two, make connections between that and the primary field in which you're working so that it can actually help the primary field in which you're working as well. Right, so almost rationalize the way that you're doing it. So if I take a voiceover class on cartoons or video games, that has nothing to do with the show, but I can say, well, learning how to get my mind to think about voice differently can't hurt my career as a broadcaster, as an interviewer, as somebody who needs to be creative in an audio space. So this is relevant, and I like it, so those two things together make this likely that this dabble is going to pay off at some point in some way. Absolutely. And I'll make an even further extension, which is a potential prediction about you about this, which okay. is related, related to a friend of mine. Uh, so the prediction is that you could use this podcasting ability, and clearly you're extremely talented at it, and to... To, you can use this on different stages. You could use it on a venture capital stage. So a friend of mine told me that she always wanted to be an actor. And she told her, she came from a conservative East Coast family and her father was like, yeah, 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 whatever, go to business school. So she went to business school and she said throughout the time, it kept on troubling her that she just was not on stage. She was not in action. And she said, I, that's what I loved my whole life. And all of a sudden I realized that when I built my first company, and I was asking for money. And she built it to a $100 million company and then sold it. She said, when I was in the room asking for venture capital, I suddenly thought, you know what? This is my stage. And so I think for you, I would ask, what are the other stages on which you could use your voice, your interest, your engagement, and have the same kind of rapport and engagement with people? And I Venture capital to me seems like, like a decent place to start. Yeah, the, you know, you're not the first person to say that. Actually, there's been a couple of VCs and biz dev people who've said things like, can you train me or even come with me to this pitch? Or can you come with me to watch other people pitch? Or can you come to our incubator and help our people pitch investors? And I thought, like, why are you coming to me for this, man? And you know, I bootstrapped a company <laughs> that is not any, we're not trying to ask for $100 million here at AOC of VC capital of any kind. And they're like, no, you don't understand. You've got these different skills that we need. And, and I was the last one to actually see that possibility. And it took some convincing. So that's interesting that you should yeah. spot that right away as well. It's interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Thank you to Srini for the full show with Srini. With lots more just like this, check out the episode on the Art of Charm podcast that just aired recently here. That link is in the show notes. It's episode 643. Also, let me know how this goes over the next few weeks and months as you integrate this stuff into your life. Tweet at me. I'm at the Art of Charm. Let me know how it's working out for you. And don't forget about the AOC Challenge. It's loaded with drills and exercises like this designed to help you connect better with others, create more productive personal and business relationships. There's a Facebook group that thousands of other people taking the challenge are in there. The AOC team is in there. Stuff is great. Get this stuff integrated. Don't just listen to it and hope you're getting it through osmosis. Put it into play. You can text AOC to 38470, that's AOC to 38470, or go to com slash challenge and get moving along on that. All right, everybody, have a great week.